Hi, and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. My name is Sherry, and I have been through various ups and downs over my time in sobriety. The one thing I love about my journey is that it's brought me to you and helping others in sobriety. If you are listening to this, then you are either wanting to start your journey or currently active in recovery and just want to hear other people's experience, strength, and hope. Either way, we are here for you, and we are the community to help you through whatever part of your journey you are on. We have something for everyone. Now, let's get started on today's journey. Wednesday. If you are listening to this on Patreon, then happy Sunday to you. I'm not sure if I have any new Patreons out there, but I am very excited if you are joining us for the first time. I hope that you had a good rest of your week last week and that the start of this week has been pretty good. I have some absolutely awesome news to share. Earlier this week, I was asked to be a staff writer for Minnesota Twins Daily, which is coverage for the baseball team Minnesota Twins in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I have been a blog writer for about a year now, and they approached me and said they liked my stuff and asked to make me a permanent part of their staff. So I am very, very excited about that. It really has shown me that my hard work is paying off. And I am looking forward to the motivation to write for them every single week. So I am really, really excited about that. And I would love to start hearing about the things that you have going on in your life as well. I cannot believe that we are actually on our 10th episode already. And I am so excited. I'm a little bit nervous because we have been talking about the steps and how to move forward through those. And so coming up with topics that are relevant, being able to talk about sobriety through a long-term podcast has made me a little bit nervous. I will be honest with you, but I promise you that we will continue to have amazing content, amazing guests, and I do actually have someone lined up for the next couple of weeks. His name is Brian. He's a friend of mine that I met through Twitter, and he is also sober. He is actually getting ready to celebrate nine years of sobriety this October, and he is really awesome. He's the opposite of me. He's really cool, calm, collected, whereas I am hyper and excitable, and he just really balances out the things that I need to learn in sobriety. And so when I have him on, I really hope that you take time to listen to that episode He has a blog that he does daily, and it's not your typical blog. He actually does videos every day as well, describing what he wrote on his blog and how it affected his life overall. They are really good motivators, and they are also things that I have added to my daily meditation and daily readings. I include those as much as I do as the daily reflections that we get through AA. 
So I hope you're excited. I hope you listen in on that one because he absolutely is a phenomenal person and I absolutely love his thought process. So, but moving forward into today's episode, um, we are actually going to be kind of mushing together a couple of different steps here. Steps eight and nine are about making amends, right? They're about growing and having that opportunity to say to people, hey, look, I'm sorry. But immediately following that is step 10. And so they all kind of go together. And I'm excited for being able to talk about them as a whole, even though they are separate steps. Remember when you were a kid and you would throw a ball at your brother's head and it didn't really hurt, but he cried anyway, so you got in trouble? Your parents would grab you by the arm and walk you over to your sibling and stand in front of you and in front of them, and then your parents would say, now, say you're sorry. And through a huffed breath, you'd mutter, I'm sorry, and then get the arm shake, and they'd say, no, say sorry like you mean it, like you mean it. I get it. Our parents want us to recognize when our actions are wrong. That's a huge part of parenting. Learning when we are right or wrong, or when to say we are sorry, is vital. But there is a huge caveat to saying you're sorry. You do have to mean it. You also have to back it up. One thing that I think we learned as kids is that as long as we say it, that's good enough. Because I know for myself, I said I was sorry. I never said I was sorry for throwing the ball, just for throwing the ball at your head. So the act of hurting someone was not okay, but throwing the ball was just fine. So that says a lot to me. It wasn't our actions that was the problem, just the result of the actions. As an alcoholic and addict, we all know how this pans out for us. We continue to apologize for stealing the money from mom's wallet, taking grandma's pills, getting drunk at our cousin's weddings, making out with a random guy when we were at that party, then another guy at the other party, showing up to work late and smelling like booze. You get it. Our list is long. I'm sure I'm sorry was believed the first few times because everyone wants to believe the apology, believe that we won't do it again, and then we do. We do because in honesty, we don't want to keep hurting people or screwing up. The problem with addiction, and I'm sorry, is that they are never synonymous. They rarely go together. We are all about words. We are all about what is going to get us by until the next drink or use. We will do whatever we can to make sure that we get that next high or that drunk. That's what matters. And if saying I'm sorry is what will get us there, then that's what we will do. We say we're sorry for hitting you in the head, but we don't say we're sorry for throwing the ball. And when we sober up, yikes, when we sober up, we have the chance to review our behavior, review all our wrongs and the people that we have hurt. And for some of us, those hurts are deep and the lists are long. We have ruined family members' special days, family gatherings, we've lost jobs, lost friends, and more than likely probably custody, cars, marriages, and pets. As I sit back and think on my actions, my God, what a mess. The drunk drivings that I should have been pulled over for, the horrible behavior in front of friends and family, the ass I made of myself at the bars, the jobs I had lost, even if I didn't show up drunk or hungover, let's be honest, I barely showed up. I thought that I was going to get by on my cuteness and my personality. 
That only gets me so far. Looks fade and a personality can be ugly. I went to coffee with a friend the other day and she was telling me about a friend of hers that is also in recovery. He got a white chip and he never went back. A lot like me. I'm a one-timer, a one-chipper, however you choose to see it. Through his sobriety, he ministers to others and helps others in a very drug-ridden area of this part of Richmond. We were talking about messages and how we need to stop and listen to what God is telling us and the lessons that we need to learn when we're put in certain situations. And I was talking about my sobriety and how I didn't struggle necessarily with the compulsion to drink or use because that truly has been taken from me working this program and giving it over to my higher power. But I do definitely see how where there can be almost an arrogance regarding your sobriety if you are a one chipper or if you think that, hey, if I can do it, so can you. There is a huge part of complacency in sobriety that if you don't work your program, it will sneak up on you. This person tends to get frustrated with the addicts who just can't quote unquote stop. And I remember thinking to myself, it's not the drugs they can't stop or quit, it's the pain. When the pain of what you're feeling is so strong, we feel there is no other choice but to drown it in alcohol, smoke, snort, or shoot away the pain. So for me, I don't get frustrated. I get sad. I get heartbroken. I am an empath, so I have a huge problem where I take on everyone's pains emotions and lives it's something i'm working on changing about myself this is a boundary issue that i have i applaud people who have gone through addiction and are in addiction counseling ministry or going to school for it because for me i know my limitations i want so badly for people to be happy joyous and free that i take on a lot of the work for them carry their burden and that's not the way for someone to learn how to be sober nor is it healthy for me. I am willing and starting to sponsor people, but that has taken a lot of self-reflection and self-work on myself because I, A, don't want to work someone else's program for them or B, lead them down the wrong path or be frustrated or hurt when they don't want to stay sober. I have got to be in a place where I am not taking things personally, and I believe that is somewhere that I'm finally getting to. I know that after 11 years, that might sound really weird, but it is the God's honest truth. I just love everybody and want the best for everybody. And when I see people hurting, it literally hurts me. It's not just about stopping the drug abuse. It's about changing the behavior and that's where the apology is going to come in. With all the trust we have broken, the lies, the theft, possibly the lives and charges we have incurred, there is no amount of, I'm sorry, we can say at this time to make it better. None. We've thrown the ball and we have hurt our sibling. The only way we are going to heal ourselves and others is a change in behavior. I know that we just got done going over all the wrongs people did to us, having God take our defects of character, and we are slowly feeling the weight of our choices lifted from us. But now comes the part that for me was the hardest, making the amends. 
I'm a pro at it now. Just kidding. <laughs> There's never being a pro at amends. But I definitely am starting to learn when they are and are not appropriate and how they are appropriate is also important. The way to make the amends just because you think you're right or doing it the right way doesn't mean that it is. Once we have made our list of people that we have harmed, if it's long, that's okay. If it's short, go back and look again. Look at your inventory. There might be some overlap in there. We are ready to make those amends. We are going to have to say we are sorry, except when to do so would injure ourselves or others. That is a huge part. That is the part that I was talking about where how to make those amends is appropriate. I used social media and this podcast at one point to make an amends. And not only was it not received well, but it made a situation much worse and it didn't have to. What I thought was right, what I thought I was doing was correct, only hurt people further. And that's where being able to make your amends needs to be a process that you talk about with your sponsor. We need to have good judgment, timing, courage, and prudence. As much as going through what hurts were done to us, so is sitting down and taking responsibility for your actions. It's a huge part of recovery. We are not there to discuss the actions of the other person or their faults, but ours. How we played a role in the pain and action. Just because your brother was standing there and you hit him in the head with the ball, that is not his fault. Be wary of being a victim or gaslighting people or being gaslit yourself. Be honest. It can be exhilarating when we make amends because you have learned so much about yourself at this point. There may be amends where you write a letter to someone because you're not in the same area or pick up a phone. I don't like texting. So much can and has gotten lost in the way of communication that way, and I know that from personal experience. There are also going to be amends where if we make them, people will get hurt. If we've had a behavior where there's infidelity and the other spouse didn't know, to tell them would be harmful. There will be issues also of ethical behavior at work or criminal activity that has gone undetected. I highly, highly suggest that you speak in length with your sponsor about not only how to handle these amends, but all amends. We can make amends wherever possible. That being said, we have to remember that not all amends are going to be received happily or at all. And that is okay. Once we have made the amends, it is on the other person to accept them or not. And that is something that we cannot control. We cannot say to someone, okay, I made an amends, now everything's good, right? That's not how that works. Some of our behavior may have been so egregious that it's going to take a lot more than a sit down. We are going to have to, and we will make huge changes to our attitude and our behavior. That is one area where I feel like we fail as human beings. We tell people to apologize. What we need to do is apologize for the behavior and how you are going to correct it so people understand that you know your behavior was incorrect and how you are going to fix it. This can take place anytime, anywhere, even bumping into someone at the store. I'm sorry for bumping into you. It doesn't matter the reason. It doesn't matter because someone else bumped into you. It doesn't matter because you're looking at the rice selections. 
you bumped into them and it's okay to say you're sorry and not just a passing oh, sorry but an apology i'm sorry for bumping into you i wasn't paying attention what we fail to realize is that we are not always the victim you heard me we are not always the victims we have been victimized yes we saw in step four five and six where we definitely were the victims of some kind of abuse, assault, poor upbringing. It could be the criminal justice system. There are so many things that could have victimized us or did us wrong. But we do play a role in our behaviors and our reactions. I am not saying that if we are abused, that we have a part in that. That is not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that when things happen to us, we do things to other people. Hurt people hurt people. So where the apology comes in for us is the change in behavior, the change in action, the change in discernment. And this happens over time through awareness, changing people, places, things, and routines. It happens when we make it happen. It works if we work it. We are in this program. We are here on a spiritual journey. If we are honest, and I know you're probably tired of me hearing say be honest, but it's true, and the only way we can truly make it through this program. We are going to make those changes. Behavior will convince them more than words. It may take time. There are times when you will feel like you are the only one doing the work in a relationship. And this might be the case for a bit, but we have hurt people. But I am going to add a disclaimer here. Once you make your amends, you have shown your sincerity and are actually making changes and following through. Do not allow anyone to make you feel like you are not doing it right. Don't let them treat you like dirt because you made a mistake. I dealt with this in one instance of amends years and years ago, and that person chose to believe that I was not punished enough by my mental health professionals, by AA, by society, by them. So they continued to punish me, make comments, check my phone, blame me for their bad moods and things going wrong. This is not, not safe, nor is it healthy. If you believe you are in an abusive relationship, talk to someone, reach out for help. If you are married and you have done the hurting, I would look into counseling to reconcile the marriage as an option. Or if you feel that the marriage is not going to make it, that is another thing you need to talk to about with your sponsor. That being said, we do not make large decisions in the first year because the first year of sobriety, so many changes are going on and so many things are happening. It's best to do the steps in the program, but please do not forget mental health is important. And if you are in a situation where you are not safe or you are being mentally, physically, or emotionally abused, get out of that situation. There is absolutely no reason that once you make your amends that there should be continued punishment from the other party. Relationships that are continually toxic, refuse to forgive, or harbor their own resentments or anger need to end. It's not easy. It's not. You are going to lose friends. You may lose spouses or partners and jobs. Making amends does not bring it all back or make it all right. Instead, we are putting our lives in order. We are continuing to grow along spiritual lines and make progress. 
we are working the program. One of the most important things that I think I've ever heard is that we are keeping our side of the street clean and that's what matters. I wanna share a personal story from this past week. This past week I reached out to someone to make an amends to them and it was really scary for me. It was really hard because it was the first time in probably a long time I've actually sat down and written down the harm, the action, the emotions, everything that went into it. And I want to read to you what one of my friends said to me um, regarding the amends. The amends actually went well. The party and I are doing fine. We are friends. We're on speaking terms. There was just something that happened between us that needed to be resolved. My friend Henry said, after I told him that I was afraid of the amends and how it was going to go, and because in my past I have had issues with making amends to certain toxic people who stated that not only was my apology insincere, but that my main concern was coming across as sincere. And Henry stated to me, you just be you. That's the gift of sobriety that most of us forget. We are in fact perfect by accepting our imperfections as imperfections. Fear, the evil corroding thread. Our fears are based on one of two elements. One, I'm going to lose something I already have. Or two, I'm not going to get something I want. Remember, to thine own self be true. You cannot influence what they see or perceive. Just be you. I cry in front of strangers and I laugh in front of friends. What you see is the authentic me other people's opinions of me is none of my business and I keep my side of the street clean they will judge me no matter what why would I care when they judge me it's usually based on their own fears they see what they want to be but are not willing to make an effort we put in to get where we are that entire talk with Henry really kind of saved me in a way the amends did go well and things are okay, but more importantly, the talk with Henry was a good reminder that it is just my job to make the amends and keep my side of the street clean. It is not my job to worry about how others perceive me. I am doing my part. I am changing my actions and making the amends. And I just want you to remember that as you go through the amends, what Henry said. And I did post the conversation on my Instagram if you are interested in looking at that. I love the part where he talks about how we are fearing of losing something. And I think that plays a huge part in our amends and not only just the amends, but the emotions around the amends. Nobody wants to lose anything that they love, right? And so that plays a huge part into our fear. And that's why I was explaining to him earlier I am so scared of being seen as disingenuous, gaslighting, or a victim because all I want is to hang on to that thing that I love so much. And so when he said that, it really just took me back a second and made me realize, yes, I might come across as the victim or I might come across as not understanding. I know for me as a victim of emotional abuse, that one of my biggest things is I have a very, very high trauma response. I want everybody to know that I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And that is just something that unfortunately comes from the emotional abuse that I suffered for a very long time in my life. When we live like that, when we make amends like that, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that is going to lead us into an area of self-pity. 
And when we are in self-pity, we can't keep our side of the street clean. One of the best ways we can do that is by getting rid of the self-pity. Making amends and changing can be humbling. It can be frustrating and hard at times, but carrying the emotion of self-pity is not only ugly, but it will also lead to relapse. How do I know? I've been there. I have not relapsed, but I have stayed in my self-pity for days. If we see that we are there, we need to take a hard, honest look at ourselves, get out of our self-absorption, talk to our sponsor, and laugh. Yep, laugh. Humor is a great weapon to combat sadness and pity. I know it sounds ridiculous, but throw on a funny movie. Throw on a funny show. One of my favorite shows to watch is Friends. Also Seinfeld. I, oh my God. And Seinfeld, you guys, if you didn't know, Seinfeld is on Netflix now. I am so freaking excited. I cannot, I, it's, I, okay, stop. Anyway, I also love Tommy Boy, Billy Madison, anything with Chris Farley. I want to say anything with Adam Sandler, but some of his work is kind of meh. But that being said, the more we get used to looking within ourselves, the more we realize our behavior. And the more we realize the behavior, the more we are able to take daily inventory and promptly admit when we are wrong. This is how we continue to grow. Every night before you go to bed, ask yourself these questions. Was I resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do I owe an apology to anyone? Also, was I kind, loving, and generous? Could I have done better? When we do this, we are making an effort to not only connect with God, but our innermost self. I do this at the same time that I do my gratitude list, whether you write it out or do it in your head. If we identify something that needs to be corrected, contact your sponsor if you feel an amends needs to be made or behavior corrected to ask the best course of action if you feel it's something that can't be resolved alone. If it's something minor along your best friend or a spouse or with your kid and you know you can handle that in-house, by all means, go for it. But even when I have an argument with my best friend, my child, my spouse, I still make my sponsor aware of it. Like I said, my sponsor knows everything. We also have the relief of self when we ask for God's forgiveness. By involving God in our daily process, it truly does take a lot of work off of us. We ask him for intuition, discernment, or inspiration regarding a situation. By bringing God in, we do the adage, the next right thing. We are not saints. We do not claim perfection. Never, ever allow your sobriety to put you in a place of righteousness. You are not God, remember? You are done playing him. We were done with that in steps one, two, three. You are done being in control. If we are agitated, angry, sad, annoyed, or another person makes us cranky, irritated, or hurts our feelings, while they may play a part in the pain, we have to look inward because it's a me problem. If your spouse comes into the room and starts talking to you while you're watching your show and you instantly get annoyed, why is that? Is it because they are thoughtless, rude, or intrusive? Probably not. It's because you felt inconvenienced. So why do you feel that way? Do you need downtime because you are hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or halt as we call it? There's always a root to our emotions and responses. But when we are earnestly seeking God, when we are reaching out to him in prayer and asking him for knowledge of his will for us and to carry that out, this truly is a gorgeous process. It really is. 
And the more I continue to read and do this, the more I'm able to grow myself. I'm able to truly believe that what I'm doing is not only what God set out for me in changing my life, but I hope is changing your life as well. Taking daily inventory is something that I truly do or attempt to do every single day because I think it makes me not only a better friend, but a better wife, mother, coworker. Because there have been times where I have gotten into it either with my boss or a coworker or um, a friend, a person on the phone at work. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, there has to be a correction to our behavior. It's not always easy. And if we're not paying attention, if we're not working our program, we are not going to see when a bigger issue is going to come along. Making sure that we are in constant contact with God, praying in meditation, asking for the ability to carry out the will for him and be able to show us certain things, whether they're good things or bad things or indifferent things. When we open up our lives and our daily issues to God, we find how much better our life is going to be. Making amends and personal inventory seems like such a simple process. I don't think I can do a well enough job going into depth what it actually truly looks like and means. You do need to live out the process. But I do want to at least have shared this information with you, some of the things that I've gone through, so that you do know what emotions go into making those amends and sometimes what to expect and other adverse reactions. Again, this is something that should be done with your sponsor in tandem and make sure that they understand what amends need to be made and remember to not make amends if something is to injure someone further or injure something in general or if it puts you in a position of being injured yourself. I absolutely truly love all of you and appreciate all of you and I want you to know that I am here for you to answer any of your questions if you ever need that. I hope you are doing well fam and until next week, take care. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this episode of A Sober Girls Podcast. I hope we were able to help you on your road to recovery, or if anything, help you understand that if you are not active in recovery, but want to be, that you are not alone. We are here for you. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and follow us wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss another episode. Also, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at a sober girls pod and online for show notes and other information about sobriety at a sober girls podcast.podbean.com. I hope that you have a great rest of your week and until next time fam, be well. Be well.